Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. become nothing but like ads lately and i get like the algorithm serves you like it's whatever you put in but i I quickly skip away and i find myself just like not invested anymore i i have such a i have such a bee in my bonnet about that app i really don't like it i know since we covered it on the show before it's not like it's the only app that has terrible stuff but they're all of them are bad yeah but I have such an irritation at how you have to use a separate language to make any sort of TikToks that will be shadow banned where you have to make up words for like oh. rape. But you can also it's also facilitating people selling their children like that's fine. Right. But you can't say the word rape on it. God forbid. They're really helping those AI. Yeah. You know? Didn't you have a video taken down of you like lighting yourself on fire, flinging yourself in the air? But you do it safely. Yeah. They just they saw a person on fire and they were like, Take it get out of here. What the hell is this shit? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, I understand. But. You would think it would at least just get flagged. I couldn't get it. It was not allowed to go back up. They were just like, I was no. like a safe environment. I was doing stunt stuff. And they just said, uh, She's too cool nope. for this app. Yeah, no. they're like, hey, get out of here. You're too cool and hip for TikTok. <laughs> I use TikTok for stuff like a cookie recipe. You know what I mean? Like, give it to me fast and quick. I use Show it me. for research mostly. And otherwise, I don't ever, I can't. I cannot get into it. Right? That's no cap. That's on fleek. Uh oh, you. Sorry, I I felt my skin crawl. (laughs) On fleek is so old now. Can you believe that? That's millennial. I thought that was Gen Z language. Uh -uh. That was from almost ten years ago. Amber, welcome to someplace underneath them. Nellie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson, and now they like skibbity bop toilet. Have you seen that? That's what Gen Alpha's into. They like this skibbity bop bop that song, and it's like people their heads coming out of toilets. I think it's really fun. Are and you sure I like that, Gen Alpha. Was that was that real? That's real. Are you sure? I'm. I swear to goodness. Swear to goodness. I think when you're watching TikTok, you're half the time you're asleep, and you think that was TikTok. No, it's these heads. They come out of toilets, and it's like this Orwellian world with all these cameras, and they go skibbity bop bop, skibbity head toilet for for little I children. I feel like I'm crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, skibbity bop bop head toilet. I'm uh, like what? Yeah, the kids love it for for the little kids. Gen Alpha, and they're the youngins now because yeah. Gen Z, they're adults. Yeah, they're getting there. Yep, Gen Alpha is the next one. That's right, Gen Z. 
You're so be is 30 that, soon. Is that <laughs> 20s are overrated. I'm sorry. They are. Yes. Um, uh, is it Gen Beta afterwards? Those are little bitty babies. Yeah, Gen Beta. Oof. That's not cool. That's that's kind of a brutal name to give a whole generation. Gen Beta sounds like they're going to be wearing lab coats the rest of their life. I, that would be that would be a very that's much better than I'm envisioning. Where, what are you thinking? Uh, guys who act like they're alphas but are like Andrew Tate. Oh God, beta males. But yeah. beta males are the ones who call themselves alphas most of the time. If you I'm know what an I'm alpha. I'm an alpha. <laughs> really? Because I feel like if you were, you wouldn't have to proclaim it. No, it's like saying you're rich. You don't have to. Do people right. still do that though? Like what? I thought that was a fad. Call themselves alphas. Yeah. Do they still do that? There's definitely a whole market for it. It's for seventh graders, but right. it's there. It is out of style. We got to think of a new word. Coin boys. Coin boys? You flip a coin and you go, yeah, man. Yeah, daddy-o. Like, let's make that <laughs> on cool. the street, on the street corner. <laughs> like playing jacks and shit, like a 1930s kid. That would be kind of cool. I would think that they would look badass. Much more badass than sitting in a podcast room like us. <laughs> you ready for... for um, you ready for this? No, 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 no. I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. That's all right. That's uh, a fun little song for Gen Z to look up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just look up. No, 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 no. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's still flying around the In basketball the games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to go into today some of the issues with ice. Ice. Ice, ice, baby. Yeah, so we're talking about ice today, and as a youth, we had in-school suspensions that were called ice room. ISS, yes. Oh, is that why they, that's what it stood for. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. No. It's just taken me several decades to realize that (laughs) it's not ICE room. But ISS room. Yeah, it's ice. In school suspension. Wow. See, when I was constantly put there, I missed a lot of school. And I did not, they didn't teach me the things I needed to. Because when you go to ice room, you, uh, at least at my school, you go and you sit in a cubicle with like, I remember the gray carpeted uh, soundproof walls that you can't see anybody and you can't do anything. They won't let you touch anything or except you can do your homework or you can stare straight ahead for the entire school day. And that was the punishment for when you got in trouble. And I spent a lot of time there. Um, But yeah, it's it's interesting because, so that that is in-school suspension. But to me, in my head, I know this isn't also how you spell it, but it makes me think of isolation. So it wasn't like uh, the Breakfast Club. No, no, like you no. You didn't shake your hair with flakes coming out, and someone ordered sushi. I think the 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 boomers who saw Breakfast Club were like, "Oh no, we need to make we need to make detention less fun for these kids right. who are not falling in love with each other." They can't make a movie about ISS today. She's like, "Oh, just two hours of someone sitting in a gray cubicle." Yeah, <laughs> but it was about isolating, and ICE in the uh, government is in a way about isolating um but it's also about keeping having people having no privacy whatsoever but they are isolated from society like they are monsters um and of course there's been a lot of discussion about i'm sure you remember during the trump administration all of the abolish ice there was like kids in cages right but then they're like oh no the cages have always been there we're just now hearing about it and i was like excuse me 
Okay, so that both of those things are true. Both sides of that are correct. They have always existed, and it got worse during that administration. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But whenever I heard stuff like abolish ICE, I didn't understand at all what they were talking about. I, I assumed it was not good. Um, and I've learned a little over the years since then, but this really kind of gave me a broader understanding of what that means. And so I want to talk about that. Um, and I'm just going to bring this up quickly at the top. Uh, we'll talk about this more on our live stream, I think. But uh, Amber, you found actually um, the Guardian had just a couple of days ago put out uh, an article about the increased uh, raping and kidnapping of people at the Darien Gap, which is how we started this series, talking about that little strip of land connecting Colombia to Panama where people are coming from South America and other countries to scoot into Mexico. And it's that really scary place that's sort of, there's no, it's like kind of lawless, but it's run by by cartels, essentially. And we heard that woman talking about how she would prefer to just, she might survive the rape, but that she needed to get out of where she was right. living. And they give women contraceptive pills because they like know they're going to get raped. Like they tried some a lot of the women tried to take it beforehand because they. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. So they've actually just um, released an article about how it's gone up in the last year. And they're getting this this information because Doctors Without Borders actually has now has two outposts basically in the jungle, which is wild. I I imagine seriously dangerous. That's such an amazing thing to for doctors to go do. Right. But if you kill a doctor, you go to extra hell. Right. right? And, well, you probably would cause a lot of problems. As gross right. as that sounds, like... Who kills doctors? But it's like, the doctor's life shouldn't matter more, but I do think it would cause more political uproar than if it were people fleeing a country, which is not fair. But I think yeah. probably the doctors have a slightly more safety nets around them. But still, I mean, that's still such an amazing thing to do. So Doctors Without Borders has two outposts at the end of the jungle, at the end of the trip, for people coming from South America. So that's amazing. But less amazing is that they report that... Instances of being of rapes being reported have gone up four times since last year. What? Partially from the fact that migration has increased due to all of the civil unrest happening. So Doctors Without Borders has treated almost 400 victims so far this year, 2023, which is up from 172 in 2022. And, you know, if someone's going to the doctor for rape, it's got to be bad it's got to be like like tearing and things so i mean the fact that's gone up yeah um and in for sure that they've also mentioned that that a lot of people won't report the rape and won't seek treatment because they're just trying to get they're worried it's going to delay their journey they're worried they're going to get um attacked they're worried because it also puts a stigma unfortunately at times at least from reports it puts a stigma on that particular person even with other people who are migrating um maybe it's just like a i mean you know even just culturally what if it's like this happened to me like even religiously like oh i'm not worthy of now getting to a place i need to go totally what if Um, they deny me because i'm i'm loose and that happens in when people are in the best of circumstances so i can imagine it's even worse in those moments when you're like i cannot take any risks about any sort of like spiritual warfare if you're like in this dark dangerous place and, and, and so people who get attacked maybe like 
it's like a superstitious thing where like, oh, no, they're 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 bad news or whatever, which is horrible. Last year, 2022, they had reported 172 before this year's even over. It's at 400 and it's probably going to go up because it's when this came out, it wasn't the end of the year. Um, and like you just said, there are many more that are too afraid to report it. These rapes are preceded by threats and sometimes murders. So many just want to continue forth and try to ignore the incident. Bram Ibus, a consultant at the international crisis group Think Tank, said most of the violence occurs in the more lawless Panamanian side of the Darien. The Colombian side is strictly policed by the country's largest drug cartel, the Gulf Clan, which deals out violent retribution to rapists to prevent human rights issues from denting their people smuggling profits. I mean, that's bad, but good i guess they're punishing yeah. the rapists but it's because they don't want for to, money for money <laughs> yeah because they, yeah. they want to look good to smuggle drugs somewhere they don't want they don't want basically enhanced police presence and rapes can bring that about they're like we want to make sure we can make the most money we can and rapists are not helping they can't make they can't profit off of that fighting fire with fire i guess so yay yay um, but no, it's it's still very serious. And like that just said, it's way more on when they're exiting the, the jungle. So when they get in, it's not as scary. The other side of it is where a lot of the dangerous things. And I'm sorry to say this term, but they have rape tents. What? And we'll talk about this more on the live stream because this is about what we already covered. But um, is this like when you go to a festival and there's like a medic tent? And that's just to get you it is dis- fluids. It, it is. Sadly, it. I don't think it's that different because it, it's. People who are also robbing in those tents. So it's like a place where people have to pass by. And if you're not doing what they want or you they just want to, they are, they'll rape you while they take your shit. Um, and yeah, so I'd be so fucking mad. Like if you rob me and rape me, like just take my stuff. Why do you need to rape me, too? But I guess they're bad people. They're not they're not good. I wouldn't That's call why. them good people. That's why cause they're just bad yeah. people. Um so we'll talk about that. There are some um, some groups that are offering solutions and offering uh, suggestions and pleas for certain things that take place in this area. Um, and it's just such a weird, like, paradoxical thought of, like, we, you know, we can't fix why these people are fleeing, but let's try to at least fix the fleeing area. And that's what we're dealing with a lot of time at the southern border, too, which is, like, we can't fix all of the country's problems, all the world's problems, I should say. And it, it's it's and we kind of shouldn't because America, we fix problems by going in there and like with tanks and guns. Right. I know I, I, in an ideal world, in my mind, it would be like helping create like a more jobs. Right. Society around this. But, you know, we're dealing with very complex issues and also a lot of people who like to go bang, 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 uh, explode, explode. Right. I take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and on all sides. So um, it's messy. And isn't it's, it crazy how people walk through a literal jungle? with poisonous spiders and snakes, fish that can swim up your dick, right? Mm -hmm. And then explode your penis from inside. And that is less dangerous Mm -hmm. than just people outside of the jungle, human beings. Yeah. Yep. But today, we're coming to one of the main reasons I wanted to cover this unendingly complex situation, which is around the time of COVID, I was seeing headlines about women reporting getting forced sterilizations and abortions while stuck in ICE facilities. It was one of those bombastic headlines that made me want to put a pin in it and return because those are really horrific claims 
and I couldn't give attention to the gravity of it. Um, but that was as far as I really knew of the claims of ICE. That was the one of the main headlines. One of the other main headlines was about the kids being pulled from their parents. And I, again, obviously that sounded very bad and I tried to follow it. But I was there was so much happening and I was so confused because I had just basically completely invested myself into politics. I'd always been outside of it. I hated fucking politicians. I still do deeply. Um, But I always I always thought like, oh, I'll help outside of this. And then, you know, around 2016, 2017, realizing, oh, I can't just ignore this side of it because they're the ones causing the problems. And I get Um, being um, overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed all the time. And then I just kind of like I want to distract myself with kitten videos. So that's understandable. Ain't nothing wrong with that. At all. You should. You need everybody needs to take breaks, seriously. Because if you're in this twenty four seven, it's just a hellscape. Well it also won't it won't help anything. No. It, you're you're not doing you're not going to be mentally well if you're constantly doing this. And if you can't put on your own oxygen mask first, you can't help <laughs> anyone else. Thank you, Natalie. While these articles that were coming out, these headlines were perhaps politically motivated, and while yes, it was worse during the Trump regime because of his need to show cruelty to his disturbed base. This is not a new issue. None of these are new issues. So we've talked all about the big, long journey it takes to get all the way over to the border. Sometimes you try to cross secret. Sometimes you, you know, uh, turn yourself over to seek asylum. And when that happens, uh, or if somebody's caught undocumented in the U.S., often they are taken to the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is ICE. ICE was established in a tumultuous time of paranoia, hyperpatriotism, and xenophobia, namely post 9-11 in the early mid-2002 time period. So it's not like there wasn't any customs regulations at that point, but it became this other beast after 9-11 right like like before 9-11 you could go on a plane with like a chicken in your hand like nobody Mm -hmm. cared and i also feel like i'm being gaslit when i talk to a younger generation i'm like yeah i used to just get on a plane and they're like what i'm like all this tsa didn't used to be there shoes you can keep them on (laughs) yeah um it's still like that in australia really their planes if you fly within the the country to different parts of australia it is like a you it's like going to a bus Really? They don't even put you through uh, metal detectors or anything because they don't have guns there. And the planes fly upside down. They do. You're yeah. right. That was terrifying. I didn't know that was going to yeah. happen. So after 9-11, there was this big push. We got to keep all the evil deers out of here. We got to f- protect our borders. And I'm not saying there was no genuine need for some form of regulation. It was a very scary time. We were teenagers at the time, and it was scary when this happened, of course, but did the initial motivation behind it perhaps inflame a lot of the problems we see today with ICE? Because it was created in perhaps such a reactionary way that it maybe set the tone of how people would be treated within it. It it seems like that there was some amount of... God, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. It does seem like there's some amount of reactionary regulations being put into place when ICE was formed. Um, and I guess from looking through this all uh, through a teenage teenager's lens when it happened, I never would have questioned the motivations of it. But right now as an adult looking 
back at the many, many knee-jerk reactions regarding 9-11, it's hard to gauge which elements were important to the safety of the U.S. citizens and how much was a system of punishments established by people like Dick Cheney, a.k.a. the Vice Penguin, under George W. George W. Bush. So, you know, I don't think there's an easy answer to that, but I do think that probably a lot of things were done reactionary based at the time. And it seems kind of like a win-win for the government. Like, oh, we get more control over you. You're tracked and pinpointed. We know exactly where you are. Oh, but we're protecting you. Protection, sure. But it's like... I don't really know if this was helping protect very no, much. No, you protect me by, like, cleaning up the streets, like picking the trash up. Right. So, and by the way, it's not that there weren't abusive tactics applied before ICE was established. It's just that from what I've read, been able to read and research, the former border process in place was called Immigration and Naturalization Service, or INS, was established in 1933, was less pointedly threatening. I mean, okay. That's not entirely that's not true. Uh, They were largely in charge of uh, corralling Japanese internment camps and and forcing people. to. So that's what INS did. Interesting. So this has been going way back. Yeah. I mean, uh, xenophobia is definitely an American tradition. Right. Right. Um, I feel like all this stuff. Yeah, it goes way back and like builds upon itself. And I'm just kind of like waking up to it. Like you said, when you're a teenager, I just thought like. Oh, I guess it's always been North America, South America, Mexico. And I'm like, right. no, there's been wars fought over this for like land land zones. Yeah. And a lot of people in those in those instances are just trying to live their lives and they're usually the ones who suffer the consequences of it. And so before when it was INS, it was still doing certain things, but when the Department of Homeland Security and subsequently ICE was created in 2002, The word service from Immigration and Naturalization Service was replaced with words like security and enforcement. This is Orwellian. So maybe just those words blatantly give permission to be rougher and openly treat people seeking asylum as terrorists. I don't know. Just there's a thought. Um, Some sources state that there are about 500 detention centers run by ICE, but some sources state about 200. Huh. Confusing. Yes. This is probably because the statistics vary based on the year. And so not every article and every piece of research you're going to find is going to be up to date. I think where we stand right now, there's about 200. God, can you imagine being born into an ICE facility and like no one knows you're there? Like, yeah, truly it's forgotten. really, really scary. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then you get educated there and you don't know why that's bad. Yeah. And in another really cruel thing about ice and this will be one of the people who we we talk a little bit about later but a lot of people who were brought to this country as little kids get caught by ice as adults so they've been living their lives just like just working chilling right shopping at home depot and then one day they just get deported and they've never known anything it's like you'd get deported back to saudi arabia no yeah i'm never going back yeah but i mean that's what happens and what if you don't even remember? Like, what Most if you... of them don't when they're little kids that get pulled over. Yeah, know? and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mexico? Yeah. yeah, getting deported to a place that you have barely any memories of.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Two tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. So the branch that sort of oversees the detention centers run by ICE, because ICE is many things, the, the branch of the detention centers is called ICE ERO, a.k.a. Enforcement and Removal Operations. Oh, this sounds like, sorry, they make it sound like I'm like removing blackheads or something, like removal operations. Yeah, it's it's dehumanizing for to be certain. So I just put a little clip in there, Amber, of from this is from Freedom for Immigrants. And what is the red means there's more people Oh, privately operated. Uh-huh. So we're looking at this map. And it's like little dots. It looks it makes the United States look sort of like has chicken pox. Yeah. Um, of course, it's much larger. There's much more in the south. But this is each dot represents uh, a different detention center. And it's split between blue and red. The blue uh, is basically owned and operated by the government exclusively. The reds are privately owned detention centers. Why are they doing this privately? Like who, who gives them the right? Um. The United States, apparently. Just some guy, like some Jeff guy being like, you know what? I want to own these people. Yeah. Um, I'm under, we're going to talk about that, too. So this probably something you've heard about the U.S. prison system before. Um, there are people profiting from having people in jail. This is also the case with uh, ICE detention centers. So there are several big companies who own a bunch of detention centers and they profit from the government, from our taxpayer money um, for housing many as many people as they can. So we help build it with our tax dollars, the mm-hmm. prison, and, and a private company does it. They, Wait, does a private company build it with their own money? Sometimes. It depends. But some contractors um, end up becoming the people who own the building and then they are contracted out by ICE. And they make money. From How do it. they make money with people? Like, does it because the government the win- pays the, you? To, the government per pays person. them. Yeah. 
So what? You know how, how like you know? I'm how, sorry, I'm so dumb. You're uh, not dumb. This is. It seems like this should not be legal. No, how, but what it is. is going on here? So like, I pay taxes, mm-hmm. and then the government's like, okay, thank you. We're gonna give this to Phil because Phil owns a prison with 500 guys there. In in essence, it's not as simple as that, but yeah, that is like the essence of it. But I don't want it to that that to do that. Yeah. What do I? And I don't have a say. No. But can I just be like, stop doing that? I we can we can keep going. Well, let's just go. Stop it! Stop it! Stop doing it! <laughs> See if it works. Um, yeah, and and it's uh, really fucked up. <laughs> it's like really dark. You know that you should you should not be able to profit like as somebody who's housing. You know how like with foster kids, um, I know it's not exactly the same system, but you know with foster kids, there are people who are really dedicated foster parents and who really care. But there are parents who foster children because you get paid per kid per issue and then they just collect a bunch of kids and they're not good people and they are just using these children for money this is sort of what the prison system is also like you're getting paid per head in a lot of ways i mean it's a weird situation because i do believe that some people should be put in a place away from society because they are a detriment to others and themselves. Well, especially because we don't know how to deal with people who are like repeat sexual offenders. Exactly. Are, we don't have we don't have the the science and medicine to understand why that happens. Exactly. And so if they're dangerous, especially to kids, I also agree they shouldn't be out. But if you're like you know making money on people being there, what's to say you can't just go change the law as to what's legal and what's not legal so you can make more money? I mean that for sure, and also um, the uh, the fact that you can make a yeah you basically I mean you're right you can make laws or you can fight for laws because a lot of these people by the way also give money to politicians so right and that's probably yeah. why pot's illegal in so many different places because you want that illegal so you yeah. get more people in there so there are what we're going to talk about some of the jail owners are big donors to certain people like Kevin McCarthy is one. Marco Rubio is one that gets a lot of money donations from people who own prison systems because they will push for, we need to get these detention. We need to get these dangerous migrants in a jail. Um, Cause they're making, so they spend the money to like get the laws passed mm-hmm. and then they make more money. Yeah. It's just like an investment on their part. Yeah. And it also even, even just paying somebody like Marco Rubio, then he gets on the platform, shakes everybody up, gets everybody scared. Right. Makes me like, you need to get these migrants into, into detention centers. And then that causes a more of a need. And you start passing these, you know, I do believe some laws are necessary, but some of these laws are like absolute bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I could be put in jail at prison. Yeah. Like wrong place, wrong time. Anybody can. And then like, what am I going to do about it? I'm just making this guy money. Well, especially as we've talked before. Bail exists for rich people. Right. Um, If you're poor and you can't pay your bail. I couldn't pay my own bail. I mean, you would, somebody would pay your bail for you, Amber. I don't think so. But some people don't have somebody to pay their bail for them. And uh, then they just don't get to leave. Wow. My mom always said, if if you go to jail, you're going to stay there. I'm not paying your way out. Well, I don't think, I mean, I feel like we'd have to, as the LPN would have to go pull their funds and be like, (laughs) sorry, everybody. You got to bail Amber out of jail. (laughs) She went into Walmart and flashed everybody her pussy again. Oh, no. We would have to have a longer discussion if that was happening. (laughs) Like, we need to to figure out where's the source coming from. Like, it's half off today. (laughs) (laughs) The pants are coming off. It's like, no, Amber. (laughs) Ma'am. So there was a guy, by the way, uh, I think, 
they just covered it on side stories, but a guy just got caught fully nude walking out of the It's a Small World ride. I Disneyland. saw that. Yeah. That's it's, not good. That's not good. There's kids there, but I will say his butt looked weird. I don't oh, know. his butt, it wasn't It wasn't an awesome I am, butt? No, I know. I'm body shaming the streaker. I don't give a shit. His <laughs> butt looked weird. It looked like he was full of poo, to be honest. I think that he might have been on a drug. Right. But I think then you still end up on the sex offenders registry, so who knows? Oops, bye-bye. Um, so... Anyways, we're going back. So this is a big, uh, the, what we were just talking about, there's a map showing all the different little dots where all the different detention centers are as of uh, currently. Freedom for Immigrants is really good. It's who we're going to end up donating to for the series. But they keep really tight records of everything that's going on within the immigration system. And it's a non-government based organization. So it's not sort of like skewed. Um so these detention centers, right? I'm not going to pretend like this isn't a deeply complicated situation with an influx of asylum seekers coming over the last half a decade or decade. That is, of course, so complicated and, and difficult. But my concern after everything I've read is that it's not that it's an imperfect system, but there are so many bad players who are involved, who are not interested in human rights. It's not that we haven't gotten it all right. It's that there are people who know it's not right and don't give a fuck who are still working within that system. So that's what my issue is with. And I think most people's issues with it. Um, After ICE was established at post-2002, there's this one set of issues. But as we were just talking about, the corporate for-profit prison issue goes as far back as the 80s um, when customs process was still under the INS. So that was before ICE even existed and it was still this big problem. And that's another reason that there's danger for people, especially women and children in these situations, because privately owned detention centers have their own agenda. During the ICE age... Uh, As well as back before, during INS, the U.S. prison system is a billion-dollar industry. Whoa. And that includes immigration detention centers. This desire to profit from incarceration naturally leads to corruption and disregard for prisoners' safety. This has progressively become more of a business since the 80s, when most things became about money, of course, in the 80s. Right. Um, And a large percentage of the immigrant detention centers are owned by a handful of companies. So not all of them, but enough that it's a big problem. So two of the biggest players are called Core Civic, and there's another one called The Geo Group. They sound like such innocuous names. Yeah, and they used to actually have more sinister names, and they changed them over. We are the People Killers Corporation. I mean, it was not that, but it was like corrections company. Like, it had the the, the suggestion that it's prisons, but oh. now that's just like, oh, Core Civic. Core that sounds civic. nice. Okay. They must do civic work. Yeah. Are they one of those companies that, like, change their name every few years so you can't really look them up? There's a few companies like that. I don't know if that's why or if they decided it was just like bad for PR. I have no idea. Could be to escape something. According to the AFSC.org, which is American Friends Service Committee, GEO owns currently 18 facilities and CoreCivic owns 12. So that's a lot 
of detention centers to privately owned. I feel like this is the Illuminati. Like if it's a billion dollar company and they own, this is only two groups that own so much. It's like them with like Coca-Cola just yeah. in a room being like, how do we kill more people? It is the stuff probably that we're not seeing all the time that's like not as sexy that is right. really doing the most dark things, like the most sinister. Like this is definitely very dark. They have a lot of money. Oh, very, very wealthy. Yeah. Um, so while both of these companies seem indefensible and pretty sick, according to uh, the reports that I've found, it seems as though CoreCivic is especially heinous regarding the number of claims of human rights violations. CoreCivic's immigration jails have been implicated in numerous human rights abuses, including sexual and physical abuse, forced labor, medical neglect, excessive use of solitary confinement, deprivation of food and water, and transfers to, quote, harsher facilities, end quote, or deportations of individuals who protest these abuses. Um, Fuck that. So not good. Because um, you can't even do that in jail. They're just like, we're private, can't say, mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, some jails are this bad, and I think that also depends on, like, who owns the jails. Right. Um, but... This is really difficult because there's even fewer people trying to protect these people who've come in. Because they don't even see them as human. So it's like, yeah, sure, just deprive them food. Who cares? Some people don't see them that way. Yeah. And a lot of – and you have to remember, these are just – mostly non – these aren't even criminals. Like, these are people most of the time who got caught as undocumented – or who were trying to cross the border, but were not doing crimes. So they're in jails like this for basically trying to survive um, in, in really horrible circumstances, places they probably didn't want to be in to, in the first place to get having to be undocumented. It's like this 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 fallacy, this stupid idea that these people are just like, ha-ha, got in, idiots. I'm going to make it my country now is so stupid. Like, just pull your head out of your ass. Like, do you know how hard these people's lives are already? That they're not showing up and then they're getting shoved into one of these places? Like, it just makes me mad, man. It seems like a, like, um, a punishment so, pe- like, other people can be scared to come in. Like, they, they're making it extra harsh on purpose. They openly said that during the Trump administration, but they did it. We'll talk about this episode, and I'm going to do a one-off next week. But they openly said we're trying to prevent people from coming in by torturing people. What? Yeah, like like doing horrible things to people. Um, so it's not just CoreCivic was pointed out as especially being some a company that doesn't care. But it's not just CoreCivic. It's a system set up to become wealthy based on putting people in detention centers. This is bad enough when people are citizens with some form of security net. But again, these people are helpless. I'm still confused as to why they make money How for people in jail. Like, it's just a body in a room. Like, there's no, like, you're not inventing a product that I can buy. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a lot of people who are very, very wealthy in the United States do things like this for their money. It's like not they not. I agree. They haven't. They haven't made provided like a, a service. No, there's not no. like a new paper clip that's like helping me. It's yeah. just a person in a room. Yeah. I don't see how that makes money. Well, let's take it up with the president. Let's I don't do know. it. What do you do with that information? I what mean, do you you're do? correct. You're correct. I agree with you. Um, but yeah, that's what's happening. And that's what's is, happened for a long time. Yeah, I guess if you you could just send them back if you wanted didn't want immigrants in here, like to put them in these torture rooms. Yeah, for money. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a business. It's like a, it's a business. Yeah. It's almost like they almost even want them to come in here. Um, I think that they there's some, there's some people who serve uh, who get served by this like migrant invasion because yeah. they get to make money off of it. Because like certain business owners are like, great, we can do cheap labor and like pay them under cost. I mean, sure, yeah, and then send them to a camp like a migrant where they're like you know, starve to death and make money somehow. Like they're just money making pe- for people. Yeah, and I mean not to defend farms and stuff that take undocumented workers but a lot of times they're at least they're at least making money and technically are living freely and trying to survive that way i'm sorry but if you're paying them like 75 cents an hour that's wrong well absolutely yes um yeah it's pretty it's almost unthinkable but it happens here every day it's happening right now so this has been an ongoing problem but seems to have either progressed significantly over the last 10 years or is just finally being acknowledged depending on who you ask and talk to. So the news organization, The Intercept, along with journalist Alice Sperry, did an in-depth report where they tried to get their minds around the gravity of this problem. So again, this is happening during the Trump regime. And maybe this was being projected more because of him, but this was not just during his administration. And surprisingly, Unsurprisingly, The Intercept had to file many, many times multiple requests trying to see ICE's complaint records because those are under FOIA, so you should be able to access them. They had to try a lot of times through a lot of different offices, and it took them over two years and multiple inquiries until a third FOIA request filed with the DHS Office of Inspector General, finally gave them access to about 2% of the complaints filed by detainees in ICE. Yeah, because I'm looking at it's like 1,224 complaints. You know it was so much more than that. Oh, it was more. They they know that it was. They said it was closer to, it's like almost 34,000 complaints. So between January 2010 and 2017. Wow. And that's just people that even complain. Right. Like, I'm sure you were like, withheld food for a few days you're like this fucking sucks but i can't say anything yeah and i also there it's called complaints but i hate using that word because it makes it sound like they're just being like i don't like it here (laughs) these are like serious The, the the complaints that they're referring to so the whenever uh the intercept got these records finally uh, it was showing between January 2010 and September 2017, they got 1,224 complaints and only 43 investigations in that same time period. Oh. Um, so that, again, is two, about 2% of the entirety of all the complaints from that time period. And it's not complaints that are um, like, my food was cold. It, this, these are strictly sexual um, it's like I was raped yes. by an officer. M- many of them, which we'll talk about the numbers here. But in early responses, officials with the DHS Office of Inspector General indicated that the office received some of 33,000 complaints between 2010 and 2016, alleging a wide range of abuses in immigration detention. The OIG provided records documenting investigations for just 2% of the complaints it shared with The Intercept. That's what that number 1,224 represents, the 2%. Um, This is, again, like you just said, only what they have recorded. And there are certainly other complaints that weren't recorded and incidents that weren't reported at all. And these reports that they got a hold of by detainees aren't a one-size-fits-all. And some of them are including sexual violence from other inmates. So all of within these reports, these complaints of being 
attacked in some way, some of those people were inmates doing it to other inmates. However, the vast majority were alleging that an assailant was an officer. Of 1,224 complaints obtained by The Intercept, 59% identified an officer or private detention contractor as the perpetrator of an alleged abuse. And then another 12% on top of that alleged that it was an inmate exacting violence, but that an officer watched it and stood by and didn't stop it. It's important to remember that the vast majority of these people, again, detained are nonviolent. It didn't commit a direct crime. Not that there's a single reason on earth to commit sexual violence, but these are not hardened. I hate even saying hardened criminals, but these are people who maybe never spent a, a moment in jail before. And now they're in this harsh ass system. So further of those 1,224, 681 of those complaints. Again, I hate the word complaints, but. Yeah, language matters. When you say the word complaint, it does make it seem like me. Right. And. But 681 of those, that 2%, were alleged full-on full sexual assault. So, And the ones that weren't saying full-on sexual assault, it was like sexual intimidation, um, saying horrible shit to them, like saying, like, I'm going to fuck you in the ass. That was one of them. Like, uh, if you do anything, I'm going to fuck you in the ass, like do anything wrong, like that kind of thing. Um. And ICE's guidebooks for detainees, so, you know, when they somebody gets processed through it, they have books in Spanish and English, even though many people don't speak in English or Spanish who end up through, going through ICE. Um, so it says that they have, of course, a zero tolerance policy on sexual assault because, of course, they do. Every, everywhere says that there's not... You're not going to go into a facility and they'll be like, we're like lukewarm on sexual assault. Right. You can rapey people in here. Yeah. So they say that. But from there, it's a little fuzzy on what repercussions employees will have if caught abusing detainees. Because many people who have had valid criticisms and, and accusations don't even lose their jobs. Some of the wording, too, in the guidebooks, because in the Intercept article, uh, they go through some of the the language they use. And it's really confusing because it says things like if um, an employee or an officer tells you that you can get through customs faster um, by giving sexual favors, they're lying. Instead of being like, they will, they need to be reported immediately. They're just like, don't believe them. It's so weird. Like the way that they word it is so bizarre to me. That Like, just saying, oh, don't listen to them. They're being crazy. Right. Again, language matters. What Last time I voted and I talked to other people in the California election, I was like, that was really confusing, right? Because mm-hmm. the words were really jumbled around. If not, then who? And I'm like, what? Yes or no? Tell yeah. me. But that's done on purpose. It's very confusing. Yeah, I agree. I'm sure it is done on purpose. Um, this is further compounded by the fact that ICE is required to audit its facilities Again, some of which are privately owned and profited from. And the audits are by who? ICE. Whoa. They've looked into themselves? Yeah. They've investigated themselves? Like so many of the subjects we've covered on the show, ICE has checked out how ICE is doing and they're pretty much crushing it. Great. That's like asking a kid, did you take the cookie from the cookie jar? Mm -hmm. No. Yep. I didn't. I want you to make sure. Go inspect and see if you took that cookie. I didn't take it. Oh, well, okay. That's he said he didn't. Give him a certificate. <laughs> um, that's what's happening. So this is 
obviously such a huge problem. And in 2018, the ACLU, along with uh, nine other uh, organizations, including things like um, Center for American Progress, Human Rights Watch. There's a lot of them. I don't feel like we need to list them all, but they're all they all came together and wrote a letter and being like, hey, there's a bunch of problems. One, including you're giving yourself medals. I don't know if that's really the way that we should go about this. Um, And so they wrote that to the Department of Homeland Security, all of their concerns asserting that the sheer volume of detainees and centers is far more beneficial to the people collecting money than even the country. So like we were just saying, they are they're writing a letter to Homeland Security saying, hey, buddy, um, this seems to be mostly helpful to people who are becoming wealthy from it. It's not even helping the U.S. as as you're trying to suggest. It's definitely not helping the detainees in any way. Um, So, you know, there are people who are pushing and pushing against this. And this is a that this widespread incarceration in no way protects America. And it doesn't help undocumented people in crisis. No, because if if you even had like mental problems and you went into this, it's going to exasperate it. Mm -hmm. And then if you get out, what are you going to do? Be a moral upstanding citizen? You've just been beaten and raped for years. Yeah, it's it's not good. You're going to go right back in that system. It it in so many people who end up there again have done no crimes other than be undocumented, who have caused no trouble, who've, you know, it's just normal human like just people. I guess all jails are just people, but in the process of lining pockets and also straining taxpayers, it's giving sadistic people a veritable pre- playground of victims because they're so unprotected. And like any, you know, sexual assault victims, there will be a peanut gallery of people hearing this information saying, oh, these people aren't mate. Those complaints aren't real. They're just trying to get on Dr. Phil. Oh, those people have lead poisoning. Yeah. Um, or whatever, you know, weird thing they're going to say. But the thing with detain- detainees especially is they don't get fuck all for reporting violence. They probably get beaten more. They have literally, quite literally, everything in their lives to lose from this. They are powerless. They're not going to get money from the government. They're not going to get attention. They're barely treated as humans quite often. And so while I'm sure of the 33,000, there was a couple in there who were just saying shit. These are people who are scared of their for their lives. They're not saying this to just be like, this will be fun for my TikTok. And I'm going to be like, yeah. (laughs) Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. 
Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Tube tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. So this this uh, big expose they did, or I don't know if you want to call it an expose, but they did this big, long report trying to understand the gravity of all of the assaults going on in ICE. And so in The Intercept, also provided copies of incident reports that details things such as a female detainee being told that if she wanted to file a report for being molested by an employee, she would have to stay in ICE for an extra year because of paperwork. Oh, fuck that. And if she would sign papers stating nothing happened, she would be given a timely manner to to leave. Yeah, get me out of there. But that's manipulation. But, yeah, it's manipulation. Now her complaint doesn't get filed. So she did afterwards. She she got out and she decided she was mad enough she was going to fight it. Um, but they basically manipulated her into being like, I guess you could, but, you know, it's going to take a long time. So you're just going to have to be, I guess you'll be stuck here. If that's what you really want to do. But if you just sign these other papers, probably, you know, a couple of days, get you out. Um, so that's how they treat people a lot of the time. And all, again, of course, it depends on it depends on each center. I don't think every single person working at these facilities are evil or, or even trying to do. I think some people are trying desperately to help. Right. But because of the way the system is set up, it allows people who are bad to get in there and do what they want. It seems very sadistic. Like if you enjoyed hurting others, Mm -hmm. we'll just apply to this job. And then the people at Alton Power make money. I mean, it really does seem like the people in charge want more undocumented immigrants to come into the country so they can do this shit. I mean, some people That's a big conspiracy brain. But I mean, they're making money off of them. And then the people with sick fetishes can like have some fun. Sure. And do I think that this is a nationwide conspiracy with the government of trafficking and assault victims be in jails? No. Do I personally feel as though it is a deeply corrupted, chaotic system because of money and creeps getting to take advantage of that? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I take, I, did, I set a bridge too far earlier. No, I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think – I think that we get into these mindsets of it being – this huge conglomerate monster of like it's very cartoonish i think how some people see like you said the illuminati where right. it's just this room of men being like yes and then we will create the detention centers no they're probably going to golden corral to be it's, honest these guys and, and it's it's just it's chaotic and it's a bunch of isolated people all using each other for greed in a lot of the instances. So I don't think it's more of an Illuminati as much as a bunch of little teeny tiny baby Illuminatis. But like you said, this is sort of institutions built up on each other. 
um, even going back to the 1930s. So this is like a family-wide, like your father ran the detention center. Your father's father ran the detention center. That is such a bleak. grown up in it. And yeah, I would imagine someone growing up in that life would have no concept of what is a human life or empathy. That's how you end up getting the Murdochs. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you followed that. We talked about it a little bit, but the Murdoch family is just a series of ghouls who've had generations of running a little part of a southern country. And then what happens? The dad embezzles millions of dollars from his clients and then he murders his fucking son and wife and that son had also killed somebody and then all of they there's another guy who they probably also killed like it's this big long and they were all just like just grew up in this world where they just were like gods wow like they just oh the murdochs are here and then they just thought they could do anything and they did for a long time i think that's probably really similar to like what you're saying um, God, can you imagine you have a family inheritance of running prisons? Man. And of course, like the kids, if you are a parent of a child, you're not going to let that kid go play at a regular playground because that kid could be literally kidnapped and sold for ransom. So they're probably raised around these very strict borders, of, like their own walls in the house. So that's they don't have they don't know what it's like to go to McDonald's and get a Happy Meal. You know, they've never had that childhood. It's rough. Right. I don't like it. I don't like it. Being a billionaire kid. I would not want to be a billionaire's kid. No. I, I. It doesn't seem like it turns out well for a lot of them. No. And for women, you're probably just like a breeding mare. They're like, let yeah. me, because we do have aristocracy in America and it's these people. Yeah. But you can at least record one hit album with your parents' money. You know what I mean? Not yeah. a hit album, but you know, like an album. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, live out your dream. And it's called... Friday, Friday. No, no. She, listen, let's not fucking do this to Rebecca Black, man. (laughs) I love her. She came back. I know. Isn't she fun now? Yeah. I love that she kind of came back and sort of made fun of herself and was like, "Um, also, by the way, I was a child. You guys are psychos. Right. (laughs) I'm having a song called It's Saturday. It's Saturday. It's, that doesn't ring as good. Saturday, it's Saturday. Gonna get hang out on Saturday. Yeah, not (laughs) as good as Friday. You gotta, you gotta change it up. (laughs) Saturday, let's go and play. Yay! There you go. It's Saturday. <laughs> we got so off topic. But you know what? I have to because this is so fucking sad. It is sad. Um, so now we have all these problems already mounting for years, and then we reach the Trump years. While I think it's important to acknowledge he didn't start these issues. And it definitely was covered far more because of animosity towards him. There were several marked changes during his administration that are sincerely very dark. So this is where we come first up to the sterilization subject. This is already an issue we have in the United States stemming back like generations. This forced sterilization, especially on black women, was a huge problem in this country. In this specific arena, this is being alleged in... A Georgia detention center by a person named Dr. Mahendra Amin. And why I think this is an ice, not an isolated, but why it's something that needs to be specifically addressed is because the reason somebody like this person can get away with hurting women for a long time is because of the way that this is set up. So this is another privately owned detention center where this guy was seeing patients, I guess we'll call them. Um, And in the fall of 2020, a nurse 
whistleblower came forward claiming that, quote, staff at Irwin County Detention Center failed to use proper anesthesia during surgeries. Oh, my God. And that the, quote, center did not obtain proper consent for these surgeries or lied to women about the medical procedures. Many of these women do not speak English and were not properly informed about what occurred until after the operation, if at all. So this is that headline that was being tossed around. And it it is one person, and I don't know if that's true. Maybe there are other people in other detention centers that are doing these things, but this is the person who was called out. And because of the way this is set up, he was able to do it for a long time. They found that Dr. Amin quickly scheduled surgeries when non-surgical options were available, misinterpreted test results, performed unnecessary injections and treatments, and proceeded without informed consent. And there are a few different opinions about this situation. Um, So for one thing, this guy's older. He wasn't board certified. And I think that there are multiple elements at play. So you don't have to be board certified, apparently, to be a gynecologist. You have to have your degree. Most become board certified because it specifically means that you went through like a year of training to be very specifically like for this sort of work, understanding of what women need or people with uteruses need in those moments. You can't just be a guy being like, smell my finger. Even if you have a medical – so this guy is a doctor. He did get his doctor's degree, but being board certified is another thing that most doctors usually do. It's not required. I didn't know that until I read this, but – That's scary. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it's not required. Yeah. That seems like it should She get a little certificate on the wall there. Yeah. Please. Um, So he's older, and there are some people who are kind of suggesting that he simply – is using methods from the 80s when we treated women even more like objects than we do now. But it seems also that a lot of the claims of testimonies from the women are saying that he was also expressly being forceful and like hurting them on purpose. So this is actually still a thing that's ongoing currently on the day that we record. This happened in 2020 initially. So the number of those procedures involving sterilization is still unclear. What is clear from the number of testimonies brought forward was he was using a vulnerable community to either disregard or to intentionally violate and seemingly experiment on. I don't really know how to to describe that unless it was him disregarding them so deeply that it, it they just felt like they were being experimented on. I don't know. The facility which again is the Irwin County Detention Center. And the owners of that detention center are, again, privately owned. It's a for-profit owner. It's called LaSalle Corrections. Again, another name that's like, okay, sure, you work at LaSalle. What do you guys do? Thumbtacks? Nope. Oh, no, you do human experiments. You own a prison. Great, great. This is such a confusing setup because when these detention centers are privately owned, they are contracted out by ICE so a.k.a. the government, to be housing these undocumented people. And so there are all of these different hands in this pot. And it seems that it's much easier to slip through the cracks because you have a person whose agenda is to make money per head, 
who owns the building, who is overseeing certain things. But then you have ICE coming in. They oversee certain things. They have certain requirements. The prison, but also the prison has to sort of behold, is beholden to those things, but also has to like, I think a lot of times it's just done on honor code, like the things that they're supposed to be doing. It's fucked up. So where this guy was operating out of, was owned by LaSalle Corrections, but LaSalle Corrections is like, well, the ICE people are the ones who regulate which doctors come in, so it's not our fucking problem. And ICE is like, they're supposed to be monitoring. It's their problem. Oh, it's like too many hands in the pot. No one knows. They don't care. They just want the money. Kind of. I think. So Can I get a job there and just be like, be nice? I don't, I mean, they won't pay you much for being nice. I I know that. I'd still be on the payroll. I'd just be like, how are you doing today? I'm sure they would appreciate it. Um, so this was all happening over 2020. They started doing these big investigations on it. So they're all yelling at each other while the detention center is no longer contracted by the government. So basically when this was happening, the the government came in and was like, you know what? We're not going to pay you money anymore. You fucks. But that's basically all that happened so far. There doesn't seem to be any other consequences other than they lost a their ice contract. I mean, um, money's a big like yeah, but like they incentive. They, I think they can still house American prisoners. So don't worry, they're fine. I'm. I know you were worried about the LaSalle family. I was Natalie, but they need their money. I know. Um, so there is a class action action lawsuit that is happening, and it's like in the middle, and I believe it's against the doctor, but it's currently awaiting trial and all that stuff. It's sitting in whatever paperwork it, it needs to sit in. So the detention center, again, has put the blame on ICE. They ICE put the blame on the detention center and blah, blah, blah. So that's not a blah, 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 by the way. I don't mean it like that. But that's the kind of disregard. So, so I was mentioning earlier, like one of the women who's come forward, because a bunch of these women have given testimonies being like, you know, this isn't one or two off people. This is a lot of different people being like, he felt he violated me. He wouldn't explain to me what he was doing. He barely even acknowledged me. He like hurt me. Yeah. He did stuff. And he, he made me a lot of times they say he made me sign stuff that I don't even I don't understand what that meant. This is a problem. This guy's a problem. He needs to go and face consequences and the system itself, because uh, like even the attorneys who are still working with this case is like this is also an ice problem because they're not watching who's being a doctor they're not watching the they shouldn't be giving out the shit to like unnecessary procedures to fucking people who are in crisis is this like the spider-man meme where they're all like pointing at each other kind of yeah and like no one's gonna solve it because they're just passing the blame on somebody else meanwhile somebody's like experimenting on people yeah and they're just getting away with it because they can like fall in the cracks of bureaucracy basically yeah um, so that's sort of where that is right now, that we're still happening. There's still people fighting for this. There's still people like trying to figure out what's going on and why are people allowed to just like be touching detainees in this way uh, who don't need medical care, like stuff like that. That was the main headlines where that was happening. But there's been many other claims throughout many different detention centers of there being not ideal medical conditions, you know, the, the standard, I hate to say standard, but like detainee issues of being like there's not enough food or we're being shoved in here, especially during the last few years. And this is where I'm probably going to cut us off for this week because I want to talk a lot about the separation policy because that okay. also plays into 
the overcrowding stuff that just happened over the last half a decade. I mean, I already in this episode, I've learned so much. I had no idea these private facilities, like facilitators, facilitators, detention facilities, these detention centers Mm -hmm. um, for like undocumented people that come through. They make so much money. Yeah. Billions of dollars. Yeah. That's like never. I I had never heard that. I never considered it, but no, I knew I'd heard for you know we haven't really covered full on for profit prisons, but I know they exist for citizens. Right. It makes sense that there's a whole business on the side. Yeah, we've seen the map of like who owns everything. A lot of it's Johnson and Johnson, right? And I just thought that they were the top guys, but it looks like these are the top guys. Some of them are for sure. Yes, these these kind of industries that are really sinister. Well, and they're not going to be in Forbes 30 under 30 because they don't want you knowing who they are. I mean, probably. This is John. He he puts kids in cages. Yeah, he's got he owns six prisons. <laughs> That's right. He's just like real up and comer. Um so there was again there was already separation that happened before Trump. There was a separation policy under the Obama administration and I, and before. But while there were lists of reasons for those separations, which you could question and debate on all day, um, like, for example, if the pair, they, like they were saying, like the reason a kid would have gotten separated in the past, it would have been like because the parent had like drugs on him and then they get caught and they get put in ice and then the kid gets put into a shelter. I doubt that it was that I, I probably people who got separated before Trump anyway, that were not meant to be separated. They shouldn't have been separated. But Trump began to roll out his, quote, zero tolerance policy in late 2017 and specifically in El Paso. We heard about it on the outside in 2018, but it had actually been experimented on quietly before the zero tolerance policy uh, was like rolled out to the public. Prior administrations had avoided prosecuting parents who arrived with children, in particular mothers, because bringing criminal charges meant that they would be jailed and their children sent to a shelter. But months before the pilot program launched in El Paso, Trump administration officials had indicated that breaking up parents and children could be an effective way to reduce the escalating numbers of families arriving at the border from the impoverished and violent countries in Central America's Northern Triangle. So... Um, so it's just like an extra layer of punishment, maybe? Well, that was kind of what they were saying. They were saying it out loud. I guess that's better than lying. But they essentially decided that the zero tolerance policy meant if you showed up and you weren't supposed to, you were trying to flee these other countries, you automatically lost your children. And they took the kids away from every parent. They want the word to get out. So if you're thinking about coming up through the Darien Gap and making that train passage with your kids for a better life. We're going to steal them from you. We're going to steal. So, oh, no, I guess I got to stay here. Which is the, the idea behind it. But all it does is make you a monster. That's right. not actually going to people are coming not again because they're like i gotta get me into there i gotta get into the u.s I hell yeah yeah they are fleeing they are fleeing and imagine being in that position doing all of that shit and you, they just come rip your child out of your arms and don't tell you where they're taking the kid which is what was happening and still happening now but not as uh, as aggressively so i imagine if 
you were paying attention at that time, you heard a lot of talk about you can't have the anchor babies, you can't bring the anchor babies and the pregnant women, um, which is ironic since Trump's wife got to stay in America because she has uh, right. nice abs. Did you see there's like this influencer? She, I don't, they don't call it anchor babies, but she's like, what is it like to have dual passports? So I went to Costa Rica and birthed my child. So my my child has three passports. And we're like, you mean like an anchor baby that gets <laughs> sent to fucking prison? I mean, and yeah, she's that's just like it just went on, just clueless, just like living in her own manic pixie dream girl world. Just yeah. like no, no problem. She like is the yoga influencer crypto girl, which you know what? God. Good for her, Ugh. I guess. I don't want to shit on her so much. It's just, I don't know. It, I don't. I hear yoga and cryptocurrency. Right. And that's like six red flags for me. I love <laughs> yoga. Okay, but when those two combine together, it's something. Something's bad. Yeah, it just flew over her head. But those people don't give medicine to their kids. You know what I mean? No. Um, because they just know better. The sunshine, Natalie. Don't you see that gets rid of the flu? They just get things. They don't need to go to medical school. They understand. I get it. Um, because they do yoga. Herbs cure cancer, Natalie. Herbs. <laughs> if I get cancer, send me to the fucking hospital. Yeah, most definitely. Please. So yeah, if you have no, for example, if you have no moral center. And you only see humans as nuisances or statistics or numbers. Perhaps that's what would make sense to you that, oh, well, if these people come with their kids, we'll show them. That'll that'll explain why they got to get out of here. In reality, it's very clear to see that most of these people are desperate, scared and hopeless like the most on planet Earth, the lo- like the most vulnerable of all of our citizens of Earth, and they steal their children in those moments. It is so deranged. It's hard to fully grasp that when this process occurs, the mother goes to ICE prison and the child is sent to a shelter. This happened to thousands of children, thousands. Some of them are still there. Some of them still don't know where their children are years later. They don't have them still. And we're going to talk about that more next week. I want to go to one of these just to see. I want to see with my eyes. Like, how are people being treated? I mean, yeah. And talk to people. There, We will look at a variety of people who've covered this and shown pictures and talked about it and interviewed people from trying to be as, as least biased as possible. Because right. I know that there is often... Bias and skewed, you know, a lot of times the stuff we cover, when I look into it, realize some of the stuff that was being said is either hyperbolic or exaggerated or skewed for some reason. And that's usually a good thing. If it's the story is horrific and it's only like, well, it's like two levels less horrific than you thought it was. You're Mm -hmm. like, that's good. This one, everything I found so far is pretty fucking like grim beyond the pale. Um it's I can't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how you could do this. Most of the parents are not informed of where their children are. They just take them like I cannot think of a more horrific, cruel like that's what they did to like people in, in during Nazi times. Like I I know yeah. we throw that around a lot, but that that's unbelievably cruel and sadistic. This is also human trafficking. What the U.S. government well, is doing. I mean, it's because what are they doing with these kids? Well, what are they doing with the kids, Natalie? That's one of the things we're going to talk about next week. We're going to do one off on on this um, topic because it's it's not going to be good for a lot of those kids. Um, 
obviously. And is it not good on purpose, maybe? It depends on who you ask, I guess. Yeah. Um, So we're going to talk about that next episode. That'll be a one-off. But this for this series on missing immigration, we're going to donate to Freedom for Immigrants, who I referenced earlier. It's freedomforimmigrants.org, just spelled out. Their mission statement is Freedom for Immigrants is devoted to abolishing immigration detention while ending the isolation of people currently suffering in the profit-driven system. So they are, again, non-governmental and non-religious. Um, they're basically, they have, they do oversight. They have, they provide hotlines. So by the way, if you're listening, if you need to access the National Immigration Detention Hotline from, if you have somebody in detention, you can call 9233-POUND in the detention center from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then you can also call from the outside if you need help. Two zero nine seven five seven three seven three three. They were not. They are not monitored calls. They are f- not from the government. And um, actually, I shut their hotline down for a while because it was. <laughs> it's crazy. They there. There was an episode of Orange Is the New Black that talked about it. And when that happened, I shut the hotline down for a time. Really? Because <laughs> so many people were like, "Hey, what yeah. this is going on is bad," and they're like, "We don't want to hear it." Yeah. And but they have it up again. So. It's a good it's a good organization, um, you know, because immigrants and the undocumented deserve safety and basic human rights. And again, when you hear stuff like abolish ICE, it's, I think, misinterpreted a lot of times as being like, just let them live in the we'll go in fields and we'll all just let them out and we'll just spin. And Right. Because we're not a hippie cryptocurrency girl. We're not. And also that person is secretly probably fucking Nazi. <laughs> um <laughs> They all just mesh together eventually. So it's far more about dismantling the processes that we have now, which aren't working and feed the cruelest of humans their source of unprotected abuse victims. And also people are just making so much money off of this and it's fucked up. It's not helpful. And and this organization, people like this are fighting for the people who are if you are religious, this is who you're supposed to be. I understand that the the other side is going like, oh, well, you just put them in your house then. If you like, oh, you just want to help everybody. You can help people. There are so many different sources that can be redistributed for a, a, a kinder world. It would just mean that there would be money taken away from really wealthy people. Right. Yeah. Maybe don't rape them in detention centers. Yeah. Maybe that. That's it. A lot of the detention Something? centers need to be abolished, truly, because they are only serving rich people. They are right. not helping U.S. citizens are not helping undocumented immigrants. They are seriously just causing pain and suffering for money. And if they're making billions of dollars, my guess is they're putting some money to a think tank. So, like, what if tomorrow somebody said, Natalie, here's $3 million for you to say, we love ICE? Well, that's what they do. Yeah. For politicians, they do. They're like, we love ICE. Here's $3 yeah. million. I mean, I would say no, but my God, $3 million. I would be people, like, A lot of people won't say no, for sure. Um so yeah, let's let's end there because that was a lot of info, um, and we'll we'll conclude slash do a one off series about the the missing children inside of these detention centers because this topic absolutely even covering this blew my fucking mind. I yeah, I just cannot kind of the lowest of the low. So these are children in a new place where they they don't know what's going on in a fucking prison. A lot of times without beds or real food and their parents are gone and their parents don't know where the kids are who are also locked up it's just i 
I can't, the level of cruelty is almost just like unimaginable to me. Anyway, don't be cruel all to your, yourselves. Be saucy, pert, and greasy. We're going to talk about the kids next week. And um, thank you guys all so much for being here with us. You can follow us at Someplace Underneath uh, and also meet the Natty Jean. Amber Smelson. Woo, this is a doozy, Natalie. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel.